Still for Glenn today. Hope you had a great Fourth of July weekend. Uh, the President of the United States, Joe uh, Robinette Biden, was on fire. On fire! What an he got to swear in some American citizens. I think there were two of them there, uh, and he got to swear them in with such an insane speech. We'll share some of that with you uh, coming up in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Uh, President Biden uh, is just absolutely beloved on virtually uh, every single agenda item that he has but especially his border policies are approved by a full 33 percent of the american people 33 percent uh, he, he had to get probably almost half of democrats on that <laughs> yes yeah that's pretty good for, yeah, for a democrat great? yeah uh-huh mm-hmm. uh it's a let's see 51 percent of adults are not happy hmm. so it's 51 33 he's upside down uh by a lot there uh, <laughs> i would call that um, 18 big, points. A big ish. fat minus 18. That's yeah. A good way to go. Uh, the survey has a margin of error, three and a half percentage points, but um, he is not doing well with the immigration policy that he has. I wonder why. Maybe it's because of all the kids in cages. Maybe it's the fact that uh, border crossings are up like a billion percent. <laughs> they're, they're their highest they've been in 20 years. And his border policy is just plain failing. However, over the weekend, because this is traditional um, on the Independence Day weekend, for the president to swear in some some new immigrants, uh, and he took the chance to do that and gave them a little welcoming speech, which was so inspiring. Us in this service. Look, Look. today, uh, um, today's special guest mm-hmm. uh, to all of you, it's my honor to congratulate the 21 of you Oh, who have earned the title of that our democracy in every is equal title that to our being democracy is equal. It's of the same consequence. What? Citizen. <laughs> Citizen what? of the United States yeah. of America. I mean, isn't that amazing? He's, he's reading it, and he still can't get it. Uh, that is the case so often with him. And it is the case that, uh, that looking into, look, here's the... Th- what I'm trying, we, I've just said too much. Welcome. <laughs> it's about that bad. <laughs> it really is. It's just incomprehensible what he's trying to say there. He almost, he acts as if he's reading a speech in mm-hmm. a perfectly dark room where there's like a strobe light on. So he can only like <laughs> get every other word every or something. Every other word. And he does, sometimes mm-hmm. he goes up to the, a line above where he's supposed to be. Sometimes he goes two or three words from three lines down. He yeah. bounces back and forth. He just can't do this. He can't. It just shows how incapable he is of doing this job. If you can't even so much as swear in some citizens who are there on the 4th of July <laughs> trying to become citizens, and you've got the copy right in front of you on how to do it and you still can't do it yeah something's wrong yeah uh and it's fascinating to me that nobody 
cares? The CNNs and MSNBCs, CBS, NBC, ABC, they don't care. They don't show it. They don't acknowledge it. It's as if everything's fine. What? How dare you say that his cognitive abilities are less than maybe where they should be? How dare you? What kind of conspiracy theorist are you? And that's how we're treated when we take note of it. It's a, there's a transition in the media over the past five years from, I think, a group of people who were blatantly left-leaning, yeah. liberal, leftist at times, but tried to hold up the generalized concepts of journalism where they would they would act as if there's like this like you know sheen of credibility that they would hold everything together with they would say okay look you know we just we think the facts are this way we're just giving you the facts mm-hmm. and then you know sure a lot of times when you listen to the facts they happen to align with the democratic party that's what it used to be it's not like that anymore no. I mean, this is just straight out. So often it's just straight out activism. Yeah. Like, maybe even a clearer example is the Hunter Biden situation where like every story they've told us about over the past five years, uh, whenever someone gets caught saying something bad in private, it's a major story. Whenever someone is, is caught mm-hmm. in uh, international corruption, it's a major story. Whenever people are misusing their power for business gains, it's a major story. Whenever there are sexual escapades and um, whenever you would maybe uh, take advantage of a woman and then when they are having your baby, you kind of ignore them and don't pay for it. All of these things would be major stories with anyone else. Yet this person uh, does all these things and then comes on for softball interviews about his new book. Yeah. And they don't say anything about any they, of those they things. They don't say a word about it. And it's like, well, we're word. just supposed to sit here and be like, oh, okay, well, that's totally normal. Because they no longer are trying to hide that they, you know, they're not trying to tell you even anymore that they're doing journalism. They're just out there being advocates. Yeah, they don't care. I, I think they believe they've come so far that it just doesn't matter yeah, anymore. It's too important. I think that they yeah. see Trump and everything since Trump as so uniquely threatening to the United States of America, there's no more time to fake journalism. We can't pretend we're doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's too important. We need to just come out here. It was, you know, Pat, during the Trump era, there was that big conversation about whether the president should be called a liar. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And they were like, I don't yeah. you know. There was that. Should You know what? We must come out and just say it. <laughs> yeah. We must come out and just yes. say he is a liar. The president, who is a liar, was speaking in Georgia this weekend. Like, they need to just come out and say it every time. And it's like, right. well, you know, they and they, they made this out to be some brave act where they took this step. They uh-huh. normally would be held back by the rules and traditions of journalism but this is too Too vital we must the hatred the damage Mm -hmm. to our nation we must just come out and say it and that's the mode they're in just come out and say it no longer hide behind journalism no longer hide behind those things just be an activist Mm -hmm. be honest come out and advocate for one side of the aisle because that side of the aisle is better that's what they think and that's what they're doing Exactly what they're doing. Uh, and I, you know, I'm amazed by the fact that they they don't even show it and then try to spin it. They just ignore it. Anytime that yeah. he looks like an absolute 
buffoon or he looks completely lost or he can't get his mind engaged in what he's supposed to be talking about. It's just ignored by them. Uh, he went into, I, I, I don't know, some little store. I, I guess they were buying ice cream again. Oh, oh he seems to be buying ice, ice cream. cream. It's He's making me dislike ice cream. <laughs> I know. I, I'm Every turning on ice cream. Now, I need ice cream <laughs> and pudding. Is there pudding ice cream? Can I have ice cream pudding? Sounds pretty good, actually. He does. I would totally. Doesn't it? I love the banana pudding ice cream. I'm all over that when I see it on the menu. So here he is uh, buying ice cream again, and he's asked about Russian hacking. Mr. President, let me know if I can answer your question. Sure. <laughs> right now, sir? Yeah. Uh, with the most recent hack by the Russians, would you say that this this means We're that... We're not sure it's the Russians. Okay. With I spot most... gun okay. I got a brief on the, as I was on the plane. Okay. That's why I was late getting off the plane. Uh, so, I got uh, a brief and... Uh, what? And then he freezes, and so does the camera. I think you're right. <laughs> right. Hey. Oh, God. I thought that was just... The... Would you like here to Look at this. Like eight, nine, ten seconds. Uh, he can't I'll see. I'll be in better shape to talk to you about it. Uh, when I have my medication. No. Is he taking out notes? Yeah. He's taking out his notes. He's got notes on both sides of his suit coat. Okay. Okay. The idea, first of all, we're not sure who it is for certain. Number okay. One. Yeah. And what I did, I directed the full resources of the, of the government to assist in a response if we determine. What else you need? Oh, nothing. You're all set. Okay. And um, uh, the fact is wow. that uh, I directed the intelligence community to give me a, a deep dive on what's happened, and I'll know better uh, oh tomorrow. And if it is. Uh, either with the knowledge of and or a consequence of Russia, then I told Putin we will respond. And, wow. Uh, and he puts his notes back in his pocket. No, no, I haven't called because we're not, we're not certain. The initial thinking was it was not the Russian government, um, but we're not sure yet. So. Okay, so he wow. freezes for up to 10 seconds at a time. Can't say anything. He's... Desperately searching for words or where he is or if he has his pants on. I don't, I don't know. And he does. Where he does have is. his pants on. We should he point that out. Does he does seem have to on. have. He's mm-hmm. he's wearing trousers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Uh, and then he takes out his notes and that still doesn't help him much. He's slurring his words. I mean, it is so clear there's a serious problem here. And this, you're so right. And I, I, I you feel bad. I feel bad even talking about it, but it's like he he can't answer this very basic question right. that any politician should be able to handle. Without notes? At the same time. Come on. He can't do it r- with notes while trying to complete an the ice purchase. cream transaction. Like that yeah. is like it's thrown the operating system off. Like it can't yes. do both of those things. You can't have he the calculator running multitask. and your email. He cannot. Like he can't. <laughs> He can't multitask. There's no way you can ask that of him. He's the president of the United States, Pat. I know. And I'm sure before he entered that restaurant, that little ice cream shop, they told him, Mr. Mr. President, we have planted someone who's going to ask you a question about Russian hacking. (laughs) Yeah, because why? notes are in your suit coat. uh, And they're right inside your suit coat on both sides. 
When they ask you the question, get your notes out and read what we've written for you. And again, his notes seem to indicate they just didn't know it was Russia. <laughs> right? Like that's, we don't know who it is Unless yet. there's, you know, five or six other words that he just can't read. Right. I don't know. According don't to know. his answer, the notes just said, <laughs> we, we don't, don't know, know yet. <laughs> so the answer is, look, we don't know where it is yet. We're not going to comment until we do. And that's that had the to answer. be written down. That's that, the answer. Yeah. Right? Yes, it is the answer he gives. I mean, like, I, he doesn't have to. I, is it one of the cashiers asking him about? The- I think it is one of the cashiers. <laughs> and hacking. somebody came around with him and put a mic in, in front of yeah. both of them. And to, so, yeah, like, you know, look, I look, the president of the United States has a wide berth in these situations to be able to answer with uh, with some uh, with a delicate nature, mm-hmm. right? It's an international incident we're talking yeah. about. He doesn't yeah. need to give an answer to every cashier who asks him a question about it. <laughs> right. All he has to do is say, "Look, we don't know yet." But clearly, they've planted the question because Why they've got earth? the microphone ready, and they and he has his notes <laughs> Why on, on both sides of his suit coat. <laughs> Hold on, let me. You, you want to pack a Marlboro? Hold on, about the Russian hacking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Is the cashier asking about the Russian hacking? It's so bizarre. And again, so this is, is such t- it, like the the handling of Biden is almost as bad as the presidency of Biden. Yeah. Like, why is he in these situations? But get someone else to get the ice cream so he doesn't have to constantly embarrass himself. Yeah. I don't. I only mean that from a. It, it like hurts me in a political sense. Like I think he should, insists. Yeah, that's I th- what, that's what I suspect. He is the president. He insists, and he believe he still believes he's that Joe Biden. Yeah, who is charming and folksy, and yep. he can get out of any situation because right. it's just Joe being Joe, and he thinks he can still do that, and he can't. And, and you know he what? He can't. When he's shown that he can't, he never pays a price for it. Because right. the media doesn't show these things. Yep. Only the evil conservative media covers them. So he never yep. really pays a price. He It's not embarrassing him on the networks he's watching. So why not? So why not keep doing it? He, yeah. he, you know, there's no way to tell Joe this has got to stop. So I can see, uh, you know, from a from mm-hmm. an if you're in, in one of his aides, you're sitting here going like, how do we convince him to stop doing this? And they've tried everything. I mean, they're they're doing teleprompters in kindergartens. They're giving him notes in both sides of his suit coat in case he goes for the wrong side. He's, I mean, they've done everything they can. And again, the notes just say, I don't know. That's all they say. More in one minute. Uh, well, if you're worried about Russian hacking... Uh, which it should be, by the way. They almost definitely were responsible for this more recent uh, incident, which is a big deal over the weekend. This keeps happening over and over and over again. And you wonder, you know, not just it's not just major national actors and criminal gangs like we're talking about Russia. There's lots of individuals who are doing these things as well, trying to steal your identity. Uh, this is happening all over the Internet. It's happening to people every single day. Thousands of people in this audience listening to this show right now have been victim of identity theft. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put our information at risk on the internet, and in an instant, a cybercriminal can steal what's yours, sometimes even harm your finances and your credit. That's why it's such a good thing that there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, and they will send you an alert. Plus, you have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can keep what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Join now and you're going to get 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. 
1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. The promo code is back for 25% off. It's lifelock.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, you can hear my sh- my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, uh, every weekday morning immediately before this one. And uh, anytime you want on podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Same for Stu does America. You can get that at any time at your leisure. Make sure to uh, subscribe and the rate and the review and the five stars uh, being the appropriate number of stars. I think, Pat, we need to come. We, that needs to be something I have in my life. It's just notes in my pocket mm-hmm. from some advisor that yeah. can tell me when someone asks me a difficult question, I should just basically say, I don't know. Uh, like, how do you feel today, Stu? I don't know. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> really? At this time, huh. we don't know how I feel. Okay. But we may have more information on how I feel at a later time. <laughs> That's how I feel. Okay. I want yeah. someone to be telling me things like that. Because you get, you know, there's times where you get an uncomfortable question. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you come home a little too late. Maybe you were hanging out in the Taco Bell parking lot, multiple trips around the drive-thru, mm-hmm. trying all their new products. Mm-hmm. You come back home to a, to a dinner that's been cooked and you think to yourself, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat all that because mm-hmm. I just ate at Taco Bell four straight times. Mm-hmm. And when your wife says, hey, where were you? You just say, I don't know. We may have more information about that coming soon. <laughs> I mean, of, of course, you should obviously be silent for about 10 seconds in the middle of that. Right. I didn't want to I didn't want to replicate that part of it because all of our stations would go off the air. But just yeah. a good 10 second silence uh-huh. mixed in with a some version of I don't know, some stuttering mm-hmm. and changing back and forth between conversations. And perhaps slurring your words it, along yeah, the way. You the words you are saying are all slurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um this is kind of fascinating. I, I I love this story. You know the train story he keeps talk, talking about, the conductor that comes up to him and grabs him by the arm and says, Joey, you, you, you know how many miles you traveled on Amtrak? A one and a half million. Mm. You, you know, have you not heard I that story? I feel like I have heard he's him been, tell that. He's yeah. told it three or four times over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And he loves it because he thinks it makes America believe he's just like them yeah he travels amtrak every day and that's not true i mean amtrak is like the upscale way to travel on a train like i we used to try i when we were doing national radio shows and national tv shows i took new jersey transit in because it costs like one tenth of the cost yes it's very expensive on amtrak that's not an average american thing to do so anyway this this guy angelo uh negri Negri, who uh, he and Biden supposedly became friends and came up to him and told him he's he's traveled over a million and a half miles on Amtrak over mm. the years. One and a half million miles. Uh, well, Fox and uh, the Daily Mail and even CNN eventually looked into this. And there's just a little problem with the story of Angelo Negri coming up to him and telling him about the one and a half million what mile milestone. Only 1.4 million miles. Um, no, it's just that Angelo had retired decades earlier. And in fact, when he hit the milestone of one and a half million miles on Amtrak, uh, Angelo had been dead for a year. Oh, no. So he would have had a hard oh, time no. coming up and telling him about it. Poor Angelo. It's just like the story of Katie. Remember the Katie's Diner or whatever? He used to go yeah. there all the time. It closed in 1984. Uh, but he was right. still going there in 2008. Worst part about the uh, Angelo <laughs> story, too, is that he was 
killed by an Amtrak train. He was run over. Uh, he, wow. he was standing out in wow, the middle of an intersection. Yeah, wow. Yeah, weird. They, they took him, 87 uh, years old, hit by an Amtrak dang. train, pancaked. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Uh, Target and Walgreens making some drastic changes due to an increase in uh, theft in San Francisco. According to the California Retailers Association, three cities in California are among the top 10 in the country when it comes to organized retail crime. Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Sacramento. Already they've been seeing the negative impact it's having in San Francisco with stores permanently shutting down or closing early because of theft at their stores. Uh, Target has now acknowledged San Francisco is the only city in America where they've decided to close some stores early because of escalating retail crime. People just come in and take stuff and leave. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're breaking in in the middle of the night. They're doing this during store hours, often in broad daylight. If anyone, any company knows this, I don't know how Target couldn't be the one because they were the one that was told when their buildings were burning to the ground. It's just property. Right. They're being completely cleaned out in city after city after city. Yeah, you know, it's just property. Don't worry about it. And so now they're realizing you have insurance, this become, yeah, right? You have theft mm-hmm. insurance, which by the Use way, it. I mean, as any small business owner will tell you, you're, <laughs> that doesn't work out that way. You don't get like no. 100% of your money back. Uh, no. That's not how that works. Did you have your roof uh, replaced recently after the hail? I did storm? not. No, I did not. Yeah. But I'm having mine do. replaced. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, insurance comes in and says, yeah, I'll give you about half of that, what oh. that's worth. They don't say it's half, but it is about half of what it will actually cost. Mm, that's great. Yeah. Plus mm. my deductible. So... That worked out Yeah, well. the insurance thing, it's not ideal. So when you're telling these companies, yeah, just use your insurance. <laughs> First of all, you shouldn't be stealing stuff from them. But we've gotten to the place where apparently that's okay uh, for certain people to steal things from a store. It's true. It's And it's. I think it's an organized thing at this point. I, I'd love to hear if there's any uh, small business owners who have gone through this at their, if they own a retail facility. I, I know someone who was in a store and watch this happen. Where here in the DFW area, yeah, and this is Texas, okay, yeah, where a a group of four people came in to a store, it was a makeup store Mm -hmm. with garbage bags, and walked up to the counter where all the displays were and took their arms and cupped, you know, 50 to 60 like lip glosses and just shoveled them into the garbage bag and did it about 10 times each. And then walked out of the store. Oh my god! With four garbage bags filled with makeup, thousands of dollars of makeup, and this stuff is freaking expensive. Believe me, it's, it goes about two thirds of my salary goes to it. So, were these uh, were these people who are the greatest danger we face in America? White supremacists? No, I don't. Is that what they were? I will white say this: if they were white supremacists, they were really bad at it. <laughs> uh, the, this particular group of uh, ladies. Don't tell me they were BIPOC. They, they Are were, they BIPOC people? <laughs> they oh, were no. BIPOC. Oh, boy. They were BIPOC. Oh, no. Uh, this particular group. Black indigenous people of color. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting because you have to look at the incentives of such a situation. Mm-hmm. By the way, triple eight seven twenty seven Beck. If you happen to be a small business owner and have seen this happen, or how, because I, I would love to hear how you're dealing with it. Yeah. But you know, the incentive of this situation is the the employees of a corporate 
retail establishment don't want to get into an altercation. They're trained yeah, to not, not get into an altercation. Yep. They're trained to know, well, don't say, don't try to stop X, Y, and Z type of person because that's not, you know, there's guaranteed signs all over the store saying how much uh, Black Lives Matter and how much, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Every every dumb left wing slogan is pasted all over every one of these stores. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen, even with like Starbucks, Starbucks, what was the controversy? They didn't allow someone to go to the bathroom and it became a national story. Yeah. So if you try to stop someone, you tackle a, a, a woman with a garbage bag of makeup, making it walking out the door. What they're not that, going to what happens in that situation? You're on the news as the bad person. Right. You're on the news as the terrible person who didn't let this. Uh, individual uh, who abscond with thousands of dollars <laughs> worth of your material, so, your product. What are you going to do? You're going to step back and you're just going to let it happen. Jeez. And they're going to walk out the door. And if they do get caught, which they probably won't, probably the charges will be dropped. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We've seen mm-hmm. Antifa. They, they burn down cities and, and we have the, the vice president in the United States begging for money to bail them out. So why would you possibly believe you're going to get in trouble over something like this? And if they do get in trouble, what is it? A fine? A fine that is, what, one-tenth of one haul from one of these stores? So you're seeing this all over the place. There's a video that went viral last week or the week before. And guy just walks in, fills his garbage bag with all sorts of stuff on his bike, and just rides his bike out the front door of the store. Yeah. There's, it, there's no longer... This, you don't need to be Ocean's Eleven anymore. <laughs> there's no... You don't need to have this incredibly intricate operation. You walk in the front door, like every other customer, with a garbage bag on display. <laughs> you fill it with the material. You walk out the front door the same way you came in. You just ignore everyone telling you to stop. If yeah, it's not someone that hard. tells you to stop. It's not that hard. No. Oftentimes, people don't even tell you to stop. They just... Yeah. They just watch you go out the door. And like, look, if you're an employee, you're making, you know, 13 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking to myself, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to become an international story because I stopped a BIPOC individual from, uh, from stealing something or a Hispanic individual or a white individual. I'm sure this is happening with all sorts of colors. I mean, it's just this particular story happened to be that. Mm -hmm. And I would think it's a lot harder to justify to corporate that you did something in this situation, the further down the oppression ladder you get, yep, right? Yeah, we're seeing this in story after story after story. Now the oppressed, uh, the formerly oppressed women, the formerly oppressed uh, gays, the formerly oppressed. Uh, if you're not, you know, twelve different intersectionality groups at the same time. You don't even show up on these charts anymore. Yeah. I mean, like, poor yep. women. Remember when women were oppressed? And now they're for a forgotten class completely. Absolutely. Yeah. They, yes, they are. Uh, as indicated by the thing last week at the Wee Spa in Los Angeles, where the trans woman goes into the bathroom and shows her uh, wiener to little her, girls. Wait, her wiener. Her- <laughs> And I am I will say it's <laughs> just the fact that you just said those two words next to each other. Yeah. It says yeah. a lot about our society. It does, doesn't it? She shows her, her wiener. Right. 
uh, it's not funny to no, little girls. No, it's not funny. And, and, and I, what's not funny is how you're identifying them as little girls <laughs> without asking them what gender they are. <laughs> That's true. So one person, one person goes to the counter and complains about that to the spa uh, employees. And that person is the bad person. Mm-hmm. Because how dare you say she can't show her wiener to people in the bathroom? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> it doesn't. And so she's the bad guy. And uh, everybody defends the person showing mm-hmm. their genitalia in the bathroom to little girls. It's like, okay, we don't care about defending or protecting little girls anymore. Nope. Or women, for that matter. We don't. we don't care about it. Nope. In fact, if you if you ask about it or say anything about it, you're a hate monger. Well, this is absolute insanity. Over the weekend, a few people show up to protest uh, that going on. He's calling it pedophilia because it is. And Antifa shows up and starts beating these people. Uh, one of them got slashed with a knife. In the arm, others were beaten to the ground. Uh, this this guy, uh, this Asian guy, just standing there, and a woman runs up and kicks him where he lives, hmm. and he responds by hitting her in the head with a water bottle. He's the one who gets arrested, and he's the one everybody's yelling and screaming about because uh, you got these Antifa people that uh, they're the aggressors, and then if anybody you know, is aggressive back towards them. Whoa, no, no. Now they're the bad person. Yes, that is how this works. It, it is. Then they do it really well. And like, just, they do it's, it really well. It's amazing well. to see our society react to this stuff. Like, Nuts. you know, Target and Walgreens are making decisions they believe are good for their bottom line, right? They're, and what they're doing is mm. we'd rather be closed. There are mm-hmm. 7-Elevens that are closing, yeah. Now, the original meaning of 7-Eleven was seven days a week open, 11 till hours a day. Right. That is what it initially till meant. 11 at night? I is thought it was 11 it was? hours. Maybe it was Maybe. till 11 at night. I, I, it was something of that nature. I thought it was mm-hmm. 11 hours a day, which isn't all that impressive, frankly. <laughs> it's not. No. <laughs> Maybe not. it was till 11 at night. But there was, you know, and now it's obviously, but everywhere it's a 24-hour business. Yeah. And they're closing, or at least closing, not allowing people inside because the theft is so prominent. I mean, Target, Target and Walgreens just closing their stores. Closing them. Because they see it as more of a problem to remain open. Yeah, the shoplifting is so bad they can't make money because of it. Because of the shoplifting. So they got it might as well just close that outlet, which they did. And normally what your answer is, I mean, look, if there are some levels where maybe you would close the store down, I guess. I'm sure it's, it's obviously happened before. But it's becoming more common because you really, the other way of handling this is adding security people. But the security yeah. people aren't allowed to do anything. Yeah, this this security guard says uh, his name is Kevin Greathouse, and he said that they're told not to physically engage with those who shoplift. He said it's going to be lawsuits. Obviously, they don't want ourselves or anybody else to get injured while we're out here attempting to make these apprehensions and leave it to law enforcement. Carries with him a handgun, a taser, and pepper spray, but he's never used them. On the other hand, he says people shoplifting have at times threatened him with mm-hmm. a knife. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't have any intention of getting stabbed for $60 worth of stuff. Well, okay, so you can hire security guards, but if you're going to tell them not to engage with anybody who steals, what good are they? Yeah. You're just wasting your money. I, I, there's a video, that uh, another video that went viral this weekend of mm-hmm. a guy in New York 
in a place a place we sure, certainly walked by a million times when we lived in New York in one of these like Penn Station type hallways mm-hmm. and like they're not pretty and usually on the side there might be a homeless person uh, sitting down so this guy he's <laughs> he's sitting there he's he's mopping the <laughs> he's mopping the floor mm-hmm. and he's got his bucket there he's mopping the floor he turns around he's mopping the floor and you see it all happen as soon as he turns his back he's mopping the floor the homeless guy gets up walks over turns around sits down on the bucket and starts taking a crap in the bucket oh now this guy turns Heck. around with Heck. with his mop oh man and it's like what the da-? you know swears mm-hmm. quite a bit and goes up to the guy and goes get out get out of there the guy is offended that he's tried to stop him in the middle of going to the bathroom in his cleaning bucket <laughs> and takes his mop and starts hitting him with a mop yeah. Now there's tons of people all walking around there. This is in the middle of a, a high traffic area, and mm-hmm. he's he goes he pushes right through it and gets go right goes right back down, sits on the bucket, and goes for it in front of everybody. Unreal. And I mean, this is the state of our cities right now. And I got news for you: no Republicans running any of them. Right. You know, there's no That's Republicans right. running any of these cities, basically, sure. at this point. There's a couple, but there's very, very few. And this is what has happened over and over and over again. These cities are just turning into... They're disintegrating. Yeah, like apocalyptic scenarios. 888-727-BECK. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn, the Glenn Beck Program. Hope you had a great... Fourth of July weekend it was incredible here weatherwise. Did you? Did you? I hope you didn't do a backyard barbecue, Stu. But uh, well, not with anybody who's not in your household, and even the people who were in your household need to be in separate backyards, as we established on on Friday. Yeah, we worked that out. I you also did work it out. Good. I also required everyone who came over to get all of the available vaccines, including the Chinese vaccines. Oh, okay. Yeah, we imported <laughs> a bunch of Sinovac and Sinopharm. And so we injected everyone in, in various With body all of parts. Them. All of them at Pfizer, once. Moderna, yeah. AstraZeneca, Johnson and Johnson. Yep. And the Sinovac, Sinopharm, Sinovac. And, and Sputnik okay. V. Sputnik V? Yeah, we got the Russian thing. That's powerful. We want to get that coursing through some veins as well. Yeah. We just felt like How many it was people the only survived state. it. <laughs> Anybody survived the vaccines? It feels like uh, that many vaccines might be yeah, very damaging. Might, might say, be. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, it seems like too many vaccines for one day. Uh-huh. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It, it, look, uh, I, I, I notice around here at least life is completely back to normal. Like I, the, I, we, I was virtually in, entirely. We, we, there was a big 4th of July celebration mm-hmm. in my suburb. Yep. There was 15, 20,000 people there and almost nobody had a mask on. Yeah. I'd almost say, nobody. I'd say I was, I went to a mall this weekend, uh, as well as uh, multiple outdoor gatherings for 4th of July. I mean, and people are into it, you know, mm-hmm. the, the crowd seemed big and passionate and really they were enjoying getting back to this sort of stuff. Uh, but, you know, I would say, you know, maybe the mall, it was five to 10% masked in that range, mm-hmm. you know, outdoors, you know, lower 2%, mm-hmm. you know, very, very small percentage. And, you know, like we all understand that I think Texas is about 50% vaccinated. So like all the all the stores just say like, come on in, no mask if you're vaccinated. We all know half the people are just doing it anyway. Right. Uh, but again, like this is where we are. We're back to normal life. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when people have the choice to get the vaccine, the pandemic is over. If they don't want to get it, then they don't want to get it. Like the problem with the with the pandemic is you are at that point where you are. There's nothing you could do Mm -hmm. right now. There is something Mm -hmm. you can do. Do it if you want. Don't do if you want. But then you just take the consequences of those actions. Right. Both sides. Exactly right. Great to have you with us. It is Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program, 888-727-BECK. Uh, we were just talking in the four-minute buzz about how virtually every Republican in the state is running for governor of Texas right now. <laughs> it's true. It's amazing. It's a crowded I mean, field. It's a crowded field. It, he is being primaried like nobody's ever been primaried. I'll get into that a little bit and uh, much more coming up in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. If you happen to be uh, the type of person who is looking to move right now, you, you better better be careful because this is a crazy housing market. I mean, it's one I don't think I've ever seen one like this. People are looking to spend their money on homes and prices are going through the roof, especially if you happen to be in a state like Texas. Uh, all the people trying to escape California, New York, Illinois, Michigan and coming to Texas, Florida and other sites uh, that were maybe down south, maybe a little bit more open. That's been happening over the past six months or so. And it's really just increased as the economy has sort of warmed up uh, coming out of the pandemic uh, winter. So you have a situation where if you're selling a home, this could be the biggest haul you'll ever make, right? I mean, this could be the biggest financial transaction you ever have in your entire life. You better take advantage of it. You better make sure you get the most for your money. This is secondarily, if you're going to buy a house right now, you better be careful to not overreach and, uh, you know, go for something that maybe costs more than you can afford. Maybe you're overpaying because you get caught up in the hype of a market. You better have a real estate agent on your side of either side of that transaction to make sure that you're doing the right thing. You can find that person at realestateagentsitrust.com, a company that Glenn started several years ago to find the best real estate agents around the country. You can do it no matter where you are in America. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Name says it all. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program, 888-727-BECK. There's a new poll out that shows Governor Abbott with a 39-38% lead over Matthew McConaughey. Now, nobody even knows <laughs> what Matthew McConaughey's policies are. What's his agenda? He, he hasn't even declared, are you a Democrat or a Republican? Nobody knows. Or an independent. Or an independent. Right. Who knows? Which is probably what he'd run as. Because, you know, if you're anything but a left-wing kook Democrat, uh, you can't declare that if you're in Hollywood, right? So he'd probably have to say he's independent. But uh, 39-38, whereas McConaughey months ago was way ahead of of uh abbott in a head-to-head competition at least according to the polls now uh there's another republican who's probably not well known outside of dallas and that's uh don huff Hines. he's got a big car dealership empire here mm-hmm. uh abbott leads him 77 to 12 so he's probably not a real threat uh but just entering the race um is uh uh colonel west yeah alan west 
who former congressman obviously been very active in conservative politics for a long time <clears throat> mm-hmm. he's going to be running he was the chair of the texas republican party for about 15 minutes yep uh <laughs> not very long no uh, but he's very well known and, and mm-hmm. well respected i think in the conservative community and i think he's actually in a poll that they just conducted a little bit ahead of uh governor abbott interesting that uh, yeah it he, is he's a threat for sure i would think to abbott uh, you know of course our own chad prather here from blaze tv is running as well but this is a crowded field and it it's is. interesting because abbott is not like uh, greg abbott is a guy who if you if you're not from texas you might not have a huge um uh impression of of abbott it's interesting when i talk to people outside of texas what i hear <clears throat> typically is Oh, I wish we had a governor like yours who didn't lock down the whole time and has lifted all these mandates and all that. It's the exact opposite of what I hear from people in Texas mm-hmm. who are just angry at him for ever having the mandates. Yes. <laughs> right? That's basically yeah. the way this breaks down. And you talked to, I was talking to Andrew Wilkow, uh, also from Blaze TV, our friend from up, uh, he lives in uh, New Jersey, I think. Now, <laughs> his impression of how good of a job uh, Greg Abbott is doing is quite different. Then I think someone who's living in Texas, like he, he's like, positive, super they positive. wouldn't let us out of our house for 14 <laughs> months. Uh, so we're, we would love to have anyone mm-hmm. who would, who would allow that. I mean, you know, we, I, uh, the, everything closed down on basically it was March 16th was March 15th or 16th was the day that, you know, Trump did the 15 days to start the, uh, to stop the spread speech. And uh, that led to, of course, uh, another month of uh, of slowing the spread. So it turned into the, to the end of April, mm-hmm. where basically <clears throat> nationally we were shut down for six weeks. Uh, on May 1st, I went out to a restaurant down the street from this facility. Uh, it was 25% capacity. I don't even know if they hit 25% capacity at the restaurant I was at, but damn, I was at it. I was there shoveling food down my gullet. <laughs> Isn't that where you contracted uh, COVID as no, well? Not till later. No, okay. <laughs> I, got, I got at a restaurant in Texas much later, Pat. Uh, and I, oh, you know, okay. you bring up a sore, uh, as a COVID-19 sur- survivor, mm-hmm. uh, you you bring up a very sore <laughs> subject there. But yes, that uh, it good, did happen. It's not a terrible point by you. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, it did happen. And it can yeah. happen. I mean, it's it definitely is a risk but again mm-hmm. it was my choice to right. go out and shovel food right. down my gullet in the middle of a pandemic I, you yeah. know it was my choice and having COVID-19 for you was a lot like not having COVID-19 right yes it, it was you a, had no was, symptoms it was asymptomatic for me I was yeah. just basically staying home for 10 days yeah uh, which was not fun I didn't necessarily enjoy it our, our whole our, we did have some fun family times uh, but you know mm-hmm. when you really can't go out for any reason yeah uh, you know when you have it but still you know, you get through those times. My point, though, with Abbott, though, is that it was, as compared to the nation, he was definitely on the leaning freedom side of the transaction. However, for Texas, mm-hmm. you know, that nothing but, you know, perfection will do on these situations. And, and, right. and Abbott has had some problems. I mean, he's, he has. he's you know. B- and some people just got unreasonably pissed at him. <laughs> There's <laughs> I mean, like real, like just yeah. done with him. I'm done with him forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it definitely I, was a, at least around. Now look, I, I work at the blaze, which a bunch of people who were very conservative and, mm-hmm. and very outspoken. So I did hear maybe more than the average Texan did. I mean, if you look at it, it's like they just did a poll on Greg Abbott's approval rating within the Republican Party. He has a 77 percent approval rating among Republicans. You should be able to win that way. 
Yeah, if you have a seventy-seven that, percent approval, yeah. you should win. It's amazing that he has this many challengers when he ha- when you have a seventy-seven yeah, percent approval rating. Yeah, though uh, he's got some challengers and some real ones. Like Alan some, West is a real challenger. Alan West is a real is a real challenger. Chad Prather's really popular, yeah. particularly in Texas. Uh, you know, Don Huffines has a lot of money. I don't I don't know. <laughs> but again, like it's it's a well-funded candidate is a big challenge to a to a to a person in the poll I just saw. Uh, Prather was actually ahead 42 to 35 percent over Alan West. And then I think um, hmm. Abbott was at 30 or somewhere in there. He was actually in the lead. As far as Republicans are concerned. Uh, It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think these things are, we're we're in the middle of a cycle to take it out of Texas here for a second. We're in the middle of a cycle where there's a, there's going to be a cycle here of, of, of retribution essentially for what happened in the pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing that on the streets right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we're seeing that from in, in political parties where, if you didn't do what your base thinks is the right thing, you're going to be targeted and punished and no doubt uh, and taken during these primaries and people are going to try to exploit it. Yeah. You know, it was like when we had a series of this, you know, after 2016, there were obviously the Republican Party was sort of split on people who really liked Trump and people who didn't like Trump. And the people who spoke out against Trump had a lot of primary challenges from Mm -hmm. people who were very very pro-trump uh you know we're seeing that now happen with anyone who voted for like like the impeachment for example or you know people who spoke out like uh you know obviously the most obvious one is liz cheney right there are Mm -hmm. lining there's probably going to be 97 people right (laughs) it's liz cheney in the next primary because there's there's a dividing line there and i think the same thing is going to happen with covid you know there's a lot of people some republicans did not go as far on the freedom scale as many southern states did and it's also the reason why you're seeing people circle around ron DeSantis as a guy who people like because they liked what he did during that period it was a test Mm -hmm. pat right it was a test of your principles you know what is what do you do in in a really difficult situation do you still favor freedom or is it only when you're running for office and many of these, even Republican governors, are finding out like, oh gosh, maybe I should have <laughs> been on the side of freedom. Yeah, because even yeah. I mean, look, yep. you're not. People tried to take that as like, well, if you're on the side of quote unquote freedom, you're trying to kill grandma, and it's like, well, no. When you're on the side of freedom, you're letting people make their own decisions. And look, in including a pan- grandma, and, and and that also includes like how you're affecting others, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a pandemic is not just an isolated act. We all know that. That's the problem with a pandemic. But people have the the right to be able uh, to, to take the risks that they feel are necessary and also take the responsibilities of actions that might not be. Uh, might not be so uh, so thoughtful, <laughs> right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, there's definitely more of those people too. So I think... This is going to be one of those dividing lines that lasts for a very long time. And we're going to have no no choice but to deal with it, especially when it comes to financial uh, matters. Because our country has spent so much money. And when I say spent money, what I mean is they printed it. I mean, I, you know, it's like to say that they were spending money that existed before 2020 is, is sort of sort of a false way of looking at it. I mean, we've just done everything that we were terrified of as conservatives all at once mm-hmm. within an 18 month period 
and we still got three, four, five, six trillion dollars to go here. They're going to spend more. They're doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on this stuff. And you just have to believe there is a point that wherever there's a breaks, breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we don't even have to print it anymore. That's the beauty of it. We just digitize it. That makes it even more fun to spend. It is. It's just a number. Numbers on a screen. That's all it is. It's a number. We don't even have to do the paper anymore. So it's so easy to spend money now. And nobody even bats an eye uh, at a billion dollars or $10 billion or $50 billion anymore. That doesn't, that doesn't even phase people. You don't even think, oh my gosh, we're going to spend $50 billion on, on that? They don't care because it, it doesn't even have an impact until you get to, tr- to trillions now. We've become so used to hearing the billion-dollar figure. It used to be millions and hundreds of millions. Then it was billions. Now you don't, you're not even phased unless you hear that we're going to spend a trillion dollars. Yeah. And even then, maybe not very much. You're, and, not, you're not worried about it. And this is not... The- it wasn't that long ago that mm-hmm. the word trillion was poison yeah. to even oh, yeah. Democrats. If you remember going through the post-2008 recovery period, Barack Obama gets elected. He comes in. Big conversation. He wants to spend $787 billion uh, on, I think that was the rec- that was the yep. recovery one, yes. like the, the stimulus, right? And then yep. he wanted, it was uh, Obamacare. They worked very hard to manipulate the numbers to keep it under $1 trillion. And then, you know, the final cost was in the 900 billions. Now, of course, it wasn't actually in the 900 billions, but that's how they presented it. And the media, of course, went along with it. Mm-hmm. But they they thought if it hit a trillion, the American people will revolt against it. Now, the American people Not still sort of revolted against it, uh, at least back then. Now, Not, now they don't now. even care. Uh, now they no. don't even care. Now it's part of our culture. Care. And as we said, no, as soon okay. as this gets, uh, it becomes something that is yours something you are owed, it mm-hmm. will never go away. And that's where we are with Obamacare now, obviously. But at that time, it wouldn't. they didn't think it was going to pass. Remember, they had 60 votes and they were doing this. They had 60 votes in the Senate and they were saying, we can't get it over a trillion dollars. It will never get approved. Jeez. And now we're at the point wow. where we're like, well, if we have 50 votes, we can pass a $5 trillion bill, right? <laughs> and, and in the Ameri- yeah, American people, like, yeah, of course you can. You got 50 votes. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. No problem. And to help you, we'll take Republican responsibility for another trillion in infrastructure just to make your job a little easier. Just to make so you can get that extra trillion. You don't have to make it a six trillion dollar bill. Make it a five trillion dollar bill. We'll take the other trillion on with you. And it all happened so fast. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven. B-E-C-K, and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, let's see. Where is, where is it? Um, did you see that Queen, the greatest hits of Queen, were number one on iTunes over the weekend? No. Uh, an album that is 40 years old this year was number one over the weekend. And number two was Joni Mitchell and her Blue Album from 19th. <laughs> 71, I think, which was uh, 50 years old uh, this year. Where is that coming from? Is that because of the anniversary? Is it getting like a lot of promotion? I, yeah, I think because so. Of the anniversary? Okay. I, th- I think they they probably redigitized it and spruced it up and then re-released. And so they shot to number one and number two. Can you imagine 
when we were kids, like in 1981, you think of a of an album that was 40 years old, it would have been 1941. I can't imagine that happening. Yeah. An album from 1941 <laughs> going bad. number one this in is, 1981. This is not a game we should play. No, it it's, makes me feel really bad oh, about my life. Me too. You know, <laughs> too. like w- w- they do this all the time with the September 11th thing. Now, September 11th is a, is a moment in my life that I remember vividly. I remember being on the phone with Glenn Beck mm-hmm. when the second plane hit the tower. Mm. Uh, and uh, like, that's a vivid moment in my life, in my career. Mm-hmm. And that was... now. 20 20 years, years ago. ago yeah this september 11th we'll be we'll be commemorating the 20th anniversary and 20 years before oh, that geez. i was five <laughs> the, the wow. same distance from now Me too. i was you were five no two. i was three you were three you I were a little three. younger yeah, yeah you were a little younger <laughs> a little younger <laughs> but i mean like I, that's like the first thing i can ever <clears throat> remember was probably mm-hmm. five years old right and it's like yeah that's the same distance from now to september 11th holy crap am i getting old it's and that it hits depressing. you in, in weird ways you start playing this game you depressing. start getting a 40-year game yeah then you're starting to hurt yourself 40 years it's just crazy you know it's it's interesting though how how queen has held up i i think that the real musicians and the real musical bands kind of tend to hold up over yeah. the years yeah and have some staying power like queen and so that when when kids are subjected to the music they're like yeah that's pretty good yeah, they can huh. handle it they, they don't want to kill themselves yeah mm-hmm. the singer's actually singing notes and uh the guitarist can actually play the guitar huh that's really something it's an interesting idea it is uh, not one that i had considered uh, <laughs> it is should the people who, who are singing the songs actually play the instruments too uh it's yeah, a radical concept it's a crazy idea it honestly is so it's a radical concept. Uh, the the guy who developed uh, the mRNA um, treatment, his name is Robert uh, Malone. Oh, we know Robert. He was he did yeah he did three days in a row on this show, right? <laughs> he basically became the co-host of the program uh, for multiple days. <laughs> when was that? Uh, last the last week Glenn was here, I think. Right? Really? A couple weeks ago? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's, if you want to go back and listen to the archives, it's available on the podcast. Three days in a row for Robert Malone. Well, his LinkedIn account was just deleted this last week. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, That's the nicest thing you could do for somebody is I delete know, their was... LinkedIn account. If there's anything, <laughs> it's, that, it's a, this it's is a, a blessing in disguise. It, it is. Someone, whoever owns, whoever <laughs> is overseeing big tech right now is like, you know what? I really like that Robert <laughs> Malone. Delete his LinkedIn account. Because it's the best thing that can ever happen to a human being is now, not he, have one. He doesn't seem to think so, okay. but you and I both would agree. <laughs> uh, them deleting your LinkedIn account? Good God. Thank you. Thank God. Oh, my God. Please. Thank you. Please. So if I had the choice of, 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 of someone giving me a check for $8 million <laughs> and my LinkedIn account being deleted, I would get my LinkedIn account deleted. Yes. <laughs> that, that is... I, that is where I am with it. Yes. How how many emails can they send you? It's like uh, as if they have all of a, them. A, they've just set up giant rooms of servers just mm-hmm. to send me email. Yes, I've never even signed. I don't even have a LinkedIn account. Why do I get so many messages from them? It's incredible. It's incredible. But. Robert Malone was actually a little okay. offended. Yeah, <laughs> probably off top. <laughs> and he said, my business pays for LinkedIn in premium. So that's true. He's been paying for this service. I don't know why you would, but he did. 
I've been deleted. Purchased a service from LinkedIn to promote my company. This is very different from the YouTube or Twitter terms. This arbitrary and capricious action has damaged our business and we deserve to be compensated. Jeez. Given no notice, no warnings, 10 to 15 year old account has never had a warning and then they just deleted him because he said there were problems with the mRNA delivery device. Even if you disagree with what he's saying, you know what I mean? There's no reason to silence people. No. Have people that discuss it. Discuss it. Marketplace of ideas. This whole thing. Yeah, I don't understand it. It's just fascism. Pat Grant, Stuber Gear in this week for Glenn. 888-727-BECK. Another story that's breaking that doesn't seem to be getting a lot of coverage. Uh, And it's not even about uh, Hunter Biden. This is about his dad. You might have heard of his dad, Joe. Yeah, he's the guy that gets ice cream. You might know him as the guy who's at all the ice cream stores (laughs) around America every day. Yeah. That guy. And always buys vanilla. Which is racist. <laughs> you bet. Is that what he's... Because yeah. he always like, what flavor did you get? I thought he was saying like, double chocolate chip. Vanilla. I had a vanilla. Uh. I mean, this, look, if vanilla is available, I'm going to take it. If it's the only option, I'm going to... If it's I'm the only option, it. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm never going to an ice cream specialty store and ordering vanilla. <laughs> no. Who's doing that? Why would you? You don't order vanilla. You no. order one of the crazy flavors with all the toppings and stuff mixed in. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. That's what you do. You don't order vanilla. I mean... Is vanilla a big, like if you have 30 flavors of ice cream, is vanilla still like the... Oh yeah, it's a big, it's number one. It's number one, but that's, that's, that's unfair, right? Like I'm saying like, how does it do versus the other flavor? Like you expect vanilla, chocolate, strawberry to be probably the top three. Maybe you get a cookie dough, Mm -hmm. a chocolate chip mixed in, something like that. The basics Mm -hmm. are going to obviously outdo... The other, the other. Because you can do so many batches. things with vanilla. That's, I think that's why yeah. you can add sauces to it mm-hmm. and whatever else, meat, <laughs> bacon. People put bacon <laughs> put on the Sundays. In it. As a man who owns a cookie mm-hmm. company that had a bacon-based that's cookie true. very recently, that is true. You Kexi can do cookies. That. Yeah. Yes. You can do it. By the way, you'd get those at Kexi.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you. By the way, I ordered some this weekend. Did you? We, here we Thank have uh, Pat's cookie company is on Uber Eats. Now, mm-hmm. I could, I, I suppose, just call Pat up and say, hey, Pat, can I get some cookies? Yeah, you could. But that means I have to talk to people. Yeah. You know, make phone calls. Right. You don't want Human interaction. No. So I just Uber Eats uh, <laughs> going on there. And they brought over the butterbeer one, and which oh. is amazing, by the way. Yeah. I will it's say. Good stuff. That is not, a, that's not a commercial. That's just legitimately uh, adoration for your freaking <laughs> cookies. They're delicious. Okay. So this is the Hunter Biden story. Okay. But it's actually not really Hunter Biden. This is what right? this is what I think is the most important Listen part of this. This is not a Hunter Biden story. This is a Joe Biden story. Mm-hmm. Joe Joseph Robinette, Robinette Biden, Biden Jr., <laughs> the president of the United States. You believe there's at least two of those? Why would you do that? Why would you do that to somebody? Name them Robinette. Robinette. No, that's just wrong. It's, it's, it's wrong. It sounds like, you know how like Robin is Batman's sidekick? Robinette yeah. is Robin's sidekick. <laughs> like it's like. And it's maybe his female sidekick. Yes. Because it's Robinette. I feel like it's it's Robin's transgendered sidekick <laughs> is Robinette. That's a, that's maybe a good it's feeling. What Robinette does, right. Maybe it's what Robin does on the weekends. Okay. He becomes Robinette. Yes. And he goes to certain clubs that. Right. Uh, 
and he wouldn't normally go to. Maybe he goes to the library <laughs> and reads to kids on the weekends. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Like, I mean, you can't wear that you, that costume everywhere, right? Sometimes you're wearing a different costume. <laughs> Maybe it's a dress. We'll see. Okay, but back to the story. For a man who knows, says he knows nothing, this is from Hot Air, by the way, who knows nothing about uh, his son's business dealings, Joe Biden keeps popping up in emails that point to a different conclusion. Hmm. That laptop of Hunter Biden's that most of the American media has chosen to ignore has produced yet another interesting story. As attorney Jonathan Turley reasons, it appears that Joe Biden is in fact aware that his son peddles influence and hmm. helped him to do so as vice president. Uh, now, this is going to get into some some basic, uh, sometimes we get into these little stories of corruption, and because we aren't all familiar with all the players in these stories, they can get a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So we'll summarize here in a second, but let me at least give you some of these details. Hunter and Biden family friend Jeff Cooper hatched a plan in 2013 to invest in multiple businesses in Mexico and Latin America using their relationship with a Mexican billionaire, Aleman family, with late patriarch Miguel Aleman Valdez who served as president of Mexico. Cooper, an attorney who worked with Hunter's late brother, Bo Biden, on asbestos claims, uh, donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to Biden political campaigns over the years, was particularly excited by the venture's prospects, writing to Hunter in February 2013, quote, this is setting up to be flippin' gigantic, brother. I do respect the fact that they were not swearing. Yeah, Better that, than Hunter's uh, record on mm-hmm. his private messages, uh, where he's using racial slurs constantly, Flippin' was the choice here, and I, I do appreciate that. Well, that's because it's Bo. You know, right. Bo was the good son, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> that's, uh, I, mean, I think yeah. even Joe would I think would even Joe would that. say that. Yeah. Uh, the, even Hunter would probably honestly <laughs> uh, say that. Uh, the prospects for profit only grew when Hunter joined the board of Ukrainian gas company Burisma the following year. He mm. and Cooper sought the help of the uh, Valdez's grandson, an airline CEO, to forge a relationship with the richest man in Latin America, Carlos Slim, in an attempt to cash in on the privatization of the giant state-owned company Pemrex for Burisma and themselves. Mm. While Hunter and Cooper were working on their business plans, they managed to get the billionaires, Slim, Velasco, and Magnani, a private meeting with then-Vice President Joe Biden. So step back for a second now. You got all the names. You might not remember them, but family, friend, and business associates of Hunter Mm Mm-hmm meeting with billionaires all over Latin America and getting those billionaires meetings with the vice president of the United States. Here are the details. Hunter and Cooper attended the meeting. Photos on Hunter's laptop dated November 19th, 2015 show the six men smiling and hugging in the meeting in Joe Biden's vice presidential residence at number one observatory circle, Washington, D.C. Emails also show the billionaires met with Joe at the White House. Mm. It is unclear, if anything, uh, what was uh, discussed with the Mexican billionaires. But of course, this is what influence peddling is. Remember, Joe said he knew nothing about Hunter's business dealings whatsoever. He said they had one conversation where it was brought up and he said to Hunter, hey, is everything okay with that? And he said, yes. That's what he, he said publicly, all he knew. Now, why on earth would he think that... His son and a family friend would waltz in to the White House uh, and to the vice presidential residence with multiple Latin American billionaires for a meeting and a photo shoot. Now, again, these these are not public photos. This is not a public meeting. This was discovered on Hunter Biden's laptop, which is 
still the most amazing story of all time. The fact that this guy left this laptop at a computer repair <laughs> shop is among the craziest things that's ever happened. Well, was it Russian hacking? We don't know. We do. We don't. Know. We don't we do know. know. We do. We do know. know. It's like the metric system. We just don't know how to do convert know, that Pat. into american we, we don't do know. know just google it it's that you could convert <laughs> so they they just don't know it, russians could have come in taken it hacked into it and then dropped it off at that at that computer shop to be fixed when this first started i i would have thought there's no way hunter biden just left his laptop mm-hmm. at a computer repair stop shop so it could be they could just go through and see all of his private correspondence for multiple years. Except they did. That's just what happened. Yeah. That's just what happened. (laughs) He was probably so, I don't know, coked up or whatever. He forgot about it. Had to be. And by the way, when you ask him this, he will not deny it. Right. He's, oh yeah, it could be mine. Or it could be Russian hacking. (laughs) What? What? But like, if these things were false by now, he could say, obviously it's not my laptop. I didn't have photos with yeah. multiple billionaires inside of the Oval Office with, or inside of the White House with my father. Like, that would be an easy thing to deny. I could ask you this, Pat. Pat, mm-hmm. have you ever had photos with multiple billionaires inside the vice presidential residence <laughs> uh, with your father? No. That's never happened. That's so never, if I took that laptop happened. right there in front of you, yeah. and I was scanned the entire thing, Go I'm not going to find thing. one photo? Not one photo. Not one. No. So not I would one. know if someone produced a photo like that, mm-hmm. that they were lying and it was not your laptop. Right? Right. That's right. Hunter Unless it's been hacked that. by Russians. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't say for certain. It may have been hacked in the meantime, you know, since last I checked. Hunter can't do the thing you just did, at least honestly. No. Now, he'll lie about it, I'm sure, at some point. But this isn't a... Ama- he doesn't even lie about this at this point. I mean, he doesn't deny this is his laptop. He just says that he doesn't, it, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know for sure. He doesn't know for sure, which is, you yeah, know, he's stupid. Of course, it, it's his. But again, like, what, did you I, drop it off at that place? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I can't but remember. I can't remember. You know, it's amazing, though. No Republican would be allowed to have that answer. Oh, no Republican would no be able way. to say, I don't know. Maybe it's my laptop. Like, what, what, what person doesn't know if it's their laptop? Are you, there's been thousands of messages released. There's pictures of you hooking up with hookers all over it. I don't know. Is that you with the hookers? Do you remember being with the hookers? Maybe you don't remember every hooker you've been with. But what about one of these hookers? Do you remember any of these hookers? Do any of these hookers? You know, how about this one? This this stripper here who happens to be the <laughs> father of your child. Do you remember her? Hmm. He doesn't seem to even remember the people no. who he's impregnated. You remember the Anthony Weiner situation when he first showed his oh. namesake, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I he do. was asked about it. Well, is that yours? Oh, uh, no. I wish it he's was. Like, I wish it was. I wish it. I wish I was that was. impressive. <laughs> that is my one of my favorite political moments. Awesome, because he is awesome. at the same time blatantly lying to the entire country. He's mm-hmm. complimenting his own wiener. <laughs> like, I wish yeah. I look. If I looked like that, I'd be. I'd be showing that thing off in all every spa around America. I'd be swinging, swinging that thing around in libraries all over the country. It's the same kind of deal. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wish it was. I wish it was me. That's <laughs> that. Wow. Would I love to be endowed like that? You bet. <laughs> such a it turns great answer. out it is him. It is him. And then okay. he could say, at least at the end, he could say, look, I told you it was impressive. I was impressed by it before. I'm impressed by it now.
<laughs> shockingly, by the way, he's having trouble uh, getting hired. Anthony Weiner. That is shocking. Stunning is development. Shocking. He just can't seem weird to get himself hired. I will say, though, in a recent interview, and I think this should happen. This should be reality. In a recent interview, he said uh, he couldn't get a job. He was having trouble paying the bills. Mm-hmm. And he thought to pay the bills, maybe what he could do is sell the laptop that started the whole situation with the Uma Abedin laptop. My gosh. Uh, and um, and uh, that, that wound up opening up the investigation 10 days before the 2016 election, right? Mm-hmm. That whole mm-hmm. scenario started with Anthony Weiner. People forget that now. But he said, I still have the laptop. It's in my closet. Maybe I should sell it to the MyPillow guy. <laughs> and I was like, that needs to happen. I want Mike Lindell to step. I told Glenn, you got a museum over here. Right. You should buy the freaking thing and put it in the museum. Did he get Now, I want, it behind, I want it behind glass and plastic. I don't want, <laughs> yes. I want to touch <laughs> I it with my bare t- hands. No, thank you. <laughs> you need a toxic waste department to come in here and put it in the museum. <laughs> and I want it in a vacuum. Uh-huh. And I want that. I want an air duct outside of the building (laughs) like i don't want to walk in a room with the same air as this thing but it would be amazing to see what i think he should sell it you know i mean i don't necessarily want anthony weiner to get money but on the other hand it would be kind of a cool thing would a nice museum piece it would be triple eight seven two seven b-e-c-k pat and Stu for glenn on the glenn beck program It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Things uh, pretty good over the weekend uh, in Chicago. You know, they know how to celebrate the 4th. At least 95 people were shot in Chicago over the Independence Day weekend, including two police officers and a six-year-old girl. 16, at least 16 people died. I mean... The stiffest gun laws in the country and time after time after time after time, we're reading about weekends like this in Chicago. That's because all the guns are coming from small suburban towns in red oh, states. In like Idaho. Right. There's that Idaho mm-hmm. to Chicago pipeline. Oh my gosh. What yeah. happens is all of the gangs mm-hmm. leave Chicago and they go on train trips to Idaho and they go to the small, mm. like a, a town of like a thousand people. Okay. Very red, big Trump voters where the, the gun laws are more lax and mm-hmm. they go in, they legally buy those guns <clears throat> and then they bring them back to kill people by train, in, by train, by train in, uh, in Chicago. You can't really fly with all the guns. So they have to go. You have to oh, trains. right. Right. Uh, but they don't even take the, like the, the Amtrak trains. They take the nice scenic, like the steam trains because it's just, yeah. they just like it. You know, they're old, they're the old-timey trains. people, the gangs, big mm-hmm. old-timey people. I, this is the, the picture they try to set. Yeah. They, like, oh, well, what they're doing they is they're leaving. They come from somewhere else. Yeah, they come from somewhere else. They come from the red state areas. <laughs> yeah, that's where all the guns are coming from. No, Do they? You know, you know what? The, the gangs aren't flying in to, <laughs> to Texas to buy their guns. That's no, not what's not. happening. No. If, any, if they're coming from anywhere else, here's where they're coming from. The southern border. They're coming across the southern mm. border. And those illegal guns are being uh, used in cities across America. That's happening. It, ha- it's happening often where people go into legal gun owners' facilities and steal guns. Not sure how, what gun law, because my understanding is it's illegal to steal a gun. I'm not sure what gun law stops that. But in reality, that is, uh, 
that's where they're coming from. They're not mm-hmm. coming like the, there's not like, you know, uh, <clears throat> gang leaders are like going into the local gun shop in Wyoming and just saying, ah, oh, you'd like to get to uh, you have a 175 um, AR-15s we could snag from you. <laughs> Is there any? Do you just mind? Asinine. It's just asinine. It's obviously not happening. And they're not. By the way, it's also not ghost guns. These guys aren't building their own guns themselves. That's not what's happening. But that is what we're told, so and we're supposed to believe it. Oh, by the way, I lied. It wasn't 95. It was a 100 people shot over the weekend. Just 100, though. fatally. Could have been 1,500. It could have been. But it was only 100. But just 100. Mm. So, good weekend in Chicago. Mm. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know what you want in your entertainment and sports network? I don't know, like, uh, what would you call a network like that? Maybe BS... Uh, you want politics. That's what I want. And they continually deliver. And it's, it's great. Uh, although this little situation that's developing, or that developed, uh, is kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. And uh, we'll get into that, tell you what's going on uh, there. Also, we've got some amazing video from Georgetown and American Universities. And you see, it'll... It'll cause you some maybe consternation, perhaps, for uh, what our what our children believe about this country. That and more coming up in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. I don't know about you, but I tend to think that there are some experiences uh, in life better left unlived. Take identity theft, for example. I really don't have to go through it to know that it sucks. I can kind of figure out that that one is something I want to avoid. And I can figure that out in my head. I don't need to experience it. If you feel the same way, then what are you doing about it? What are you doing to make sure that you don't have to live through it? Because what you should be doing is getting LifeLock. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put our information at risk on the internet. And LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats. Uh, They'll send you an alert. Plus, you'll have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can keep what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. You can join up and get 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn. Uh, you can check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, right before this one, uh, every single day on the Blaze Radio and TV Network, or anytime you get your podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I I think that like Stu does America. That's a lot harder to get to get to, isn't it? <laughs> what do you think? Is <laughs> yeah. it really? Well, here's what you have to do. All right, if you go to it, YouTube I, and you search for, don't make it complicated. Stu. Stu. Like S T E W, like a no S T U. Oh, okay. All right. And what will happen is you'll see Studios mm-hmm. America, the channel. You should subscribe to it. I will see it, uh, and then yes. I subscribe, and then I rate mm-hmm. it. Yeah, just type. How just many? Like one and a half stars. Five stars. Five stars is the appropriate number okay. of stars. Would you say for both? I think for both those programs, uh, they both deserve five stars. They're great frankly. programs. Yeah, and you should yeah. definitely rate them five stars. Also available, of course, mm-hmm. on. 
uh, all the podcast platforms you may happen to uh, frequent, mm-hmm. as well as this radio show every day. You can get it for uh, for free. Check it out uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You should definitely do that. Um, ESPN having a little issue again. <clears throat> ESPN is seemingly always having some issues lately. Uh, but this one's kind of a non-issue to me. I I mean, mm. I don't... Did she... Did Rachel Nichols really do something really horrible? Yes. Here? She did. She, she did something did absolutely do something horrible. Horrible, Pat. Okay, tell me about it, because I, I was under the mistaken impression that it wasn't that big a deal. Oh, my... What? Yeah, yeah, I was. You bastard. But maybe I don't know the full story. Apparently not. Okay. So Rachel Nichols is a broadcaster mm-hmm. for e- on ESPN. She was one of she's one of the main NBA announce uh hosts of their, you know, their post game yeah. show or whatever pregame show. Seen her many many times. Yep. Very well known. She apparently had an issue where she <laughs> left on her microphone. You cannot Uh-oh. do this in today's society. Oh, that's for sure. Cannot. And had a private conversation oddly with one of like LeBron James's advisors. He has a, I would have never guessed he had an advisor the way he acts. I mean, I would have just totally assumed he was he's just a going, bad advisor. Oh, yes, whatever. I don't, it's a very or strange one. Maybe LeBron ignores everything his advisor advises. Yeah, maybe that's possible. I will say his comments in here are pretty freaking interesting too. It's a side story uh, in this in this conversation. So uh, basically, Rachel Nichols wants to be the lead. Uh, anchor of the NBA coverage Mm -hmm. and realizes after her very long resume and lots of success and very well known realizes she's not getting the gig for the 2020 NBA finals. Now, why would that happen? I I don't know. She seems to be highly qualified. She seems to be well liked by everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never heard, you know, she never, you hear bad occasionally you'll hear from sports fans. They don't particularly like female announcers as much. Mm -hmm. Uh, They seem to like her. Uh, Beth What's-Her-Face is a really good example of that. Beth What's-Her-Face. Beth What's-Her-Face, who does the play-by-play uh, college football from oh, time to time. Mm. Have you not watched uh, coverage I don't play-by-play remember, done by Beth, Beth What's-Her-Face? That she, she's not, not your favorite. Oh, my. No, not no. my favorite. And that's been a, a, a standard <laughs> complaint from guys over the years, right? <laughs> I mean, we can admit yes. that that's been something that other guys, not us, not us. have, uh, have Beth What's-Her-Face is fine. Now she's, sure she's perfectly fine. <laughs> so, But Rachel Nichols I, is, has always been yeah, a, she's, one of the anchors that I thought has been mm-hmm. highly you know, well-respected. Sage Steele is another one on, on ESPN that I think oh, people yeah, I like really Sage. like. I yep. never heard a bad word about her. Uh, female announcers can do great jobs and yep. uh, whatever. So what's interesting here is she's off camera. She realizes she's losing this gig. She's losing this gig to Maria Taylor. Now, Maria Taylor is, an, is a woman as well, an African-American woman. Mm-hmm. Now, think about you in this situation for a second. If you're Rachel Nichols, you just lost your big primetime gig, right? Mm-hmm. You're pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. Now, people at times in those private conversations might say stuff that, you know, like they don't necessarily have evidence of, but they're, you know, expressing frustration. And especially if, like she says it is, it's in your contract mm-hmm. that you're going to have that gig. Right. This is her then gig. you'd especially be upset about Yeah. It. So here's what she says in a private conversation. She says, I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You're not going to find it from me or taking my thing away. End quote. Uh Uh-oh. This has been... This is the type of thing at ESPN that 
it gets turned into an international incident. Yeah. Now, what's fascinating about this is someone, we don't know who, who could it be? I don't know. I don't have evidence as to who it was. But I will say someone held on to this recording for like a year and has now mm. somehow gotten it to the New York Times right around the moment Maria Taylor is renegotiating her contact with ESPN. Now, look, who could it be? It could be anyone in the whole world. <laughs> it's like the guy uh, in the Netflix series, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Tim Robinson's dressed up as a hot dog in a hot dog costume after a hot dog car crashes into a clothing store and they're all looking around who did this and the guy in the hot dog costume is saying i don't know who could it be it could be any of us it's you in the hot dog costume you were driving the hot dog car now we don't have any evidence that she was driving the hot dog car in this particular situation but it could be could be let's give us some scenarios could be one of someone who's uh, aligned with her could be someone random could be someone who just really cared about racial justice pat mm -hmm. could be someone with just a hardcore belief in racial justice it who very knows well could be. who it could be but it's interesting that it's coming up particularly at this time uh when apparently the the belief is that espn has offered maria taylor multiple millions of dollars but she wants multiple millions of dollars more she wants something like eight million dollars a year Wow. At least that's the uh, oh. that's the reporting going yeah, on I want, right now. I want that, too. I want it, too. <laughs> I want that, too. I want Can I just state that now? I want that, too. I want $8 million a year. What I find to be completely fascinating about this story, and first of all, it falls right in to the Pat Gray sweet spot mm -hmm. of liberals eating their own. Because yeah. if you notice the comments from Rachel Nichols, she's not saying it's unfair to give someone a job they don't necessarily deserve because of their physical characteristics. She's saying that's fine. They should just take yeah. away other people's jobs <laughs> instead of hers. Right. Right. And she's also right. saying that uh, she, mm -hmm. she was on this bandwagon already on the female side of it. So she's actually seemingly for people being promoted because of their physical characteristics yep uh, because she believes there's been some injustice against those people right so she's not against she wouldn't say like i think i don't think she would summarize her position as i think the best person should get the job no matter what their what their skin color or gender right and that's not what she's saying no she's saying women should get diversity hires maybe even mm -hmm. uh, she's saying that espn has a bad record on diversity and they should be promoting black women to these roles. Just don't take my gig. I want I want that money, not her. Give me the money. Give me the job. She can take some white guy's job is basically what she's saying. And does ESPN have a bad record on diversity? Because <laughs> I uh, there are approximately three white men who work uh, at ESPN yeah, now, I think, yeah. uh, at this point. I mean, I'll look. <laughs> I, you know, I don't care. I really don't care. I don't either, but I never, if you're going to say they have a problem with diversity, there's women and mm -hmm. BIPOCs everywhere on the network. Yeah. There's, like you said, maybe three white people left. Is that too many? Yeah. I mean, look at our own uh, Jason Woodlock, who works here uh, at the at Blaze TV now. Just started, by the way, his show is starting up. I don't know if it's started yet. It's coming soon. He's got a podcast coming out and everything. He's great. Great host. <laughs> When he was at ESPN, they started, uh, what was it, the Undefeated? It was, a, it was basically supposed to cover the racial, the intersection of race and sports. 
Mm. And Jason was one of the people who started it. And if you know Jason and his views on race and sports in that mm-hmm. intersection, they are not approved. Not a ESPN by, approved. By ESPN anymore. That's for sure. And so mm-hmm. he's, you know, certainly no longer there. And they took it in a totally different direction, which was essentially mm-hmm. if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ran a sports publication, <laughs> right? Like, that's what it is now. Um, which is so weird because the average sports fan is not there. Yeah. And, and the average sports fan is not going to the site either. You right. Know, it's, it's more of a political move now mm-hmm. than something that could have been really interesting. If you look back at some of Jason's work when he was there, I mean, some of it's fantastic. He's always great, Jason, but I mean, like, it's it's fantastic. So what I find to be fascinating about this story, though, is let's just play game theory here for a second, Pat. How would you win in this scenario? Okay, how would you win? We know that Rachel Nichols is in trouble. Why? Because she said they were promoting Maria Taylor to this job because she's a black woman, right? They're trying to just Mm -hmm. solve these diversity problems. So they've promoted a black woman into this role, right? Yep. What's fascinating about that is that this is specifically the request from the left (laughs) that you promote people because they are black women, right? Mm -hmm. Back in the day, Mm -hmm. the position of everybody was hire the best person for the job. Don't notice their skin color. You shouldn't be noticing their skin color, okay? The new request is the opposite of that. It's you must notice their skin color. You should give people who are, let's say, African-American, a leg up, whether they are the best person for the job or not. You have to give a black person the job, right? Mm-hmm. We saw this with the um, the Lin-Manuel Miranda movie that came out recently, in In the Heights, I think it was called. Where they got in trouble because they hired almost exclusively Hispanic actors, but not dark-skinned Hispanic actors, or not dark-skinned enough. So it wasn't about oh that the gosh. actors and the singers and the dancers did a bad job, or they weren't the most qualified. Is that they didn't have dark enough skin to to please the woke crowd. So what Rachel Nichols is saying and getting in trouble for. And accusing ESPN of doing is the exact thing the woke people are requiring. Mm-hmm. So how could you possibly win in this situation? If you say they only put this black woman in this role because she's black, you're bad. However, the woke left is also saying you must put this black woman in this role because she's black. They're saying the mm-hmm. both sides of the issue. It's impossible to win. First of all, second of all, you shouldn't even be trying to win because it's, uh, you know, anti-American uh, to uh, and I think completely wrong to make decisions based on skin color. It's a thing I've had for a while. I've had this weird inkling throughout my entire life that you should make approximately exactly zero decisions in your entire life based on skin color. That's kind of my what? philosophy. Where are you getting that kind of nonsense? There's a couple people <laughs> who brought else, it up. Who else would have felt like that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's an outlier <laughs> of a position to take. It is now. It is now. Who wants it? You know, uh, MLK is not welcome in the movement anymore. Yeah. Uh, someone's, you know, there's this book, Anti-Racist <laughs> Baby, that we've talked about a few times from Ibram X. Kendi. And it's basically a way to indoctrinate people into this, uh, babies, literally babies, into this hardcore, 
left-wing woke ideology, mm. you know, critical race theory. That's all involved in this, even though it's occasionally denied. Um, and someone uh, asked uh, someone but I know, hey, like, you know, why don't you, you know, they posted something negative about anti-racist baby. Um, and they were like, well, why, why don't you like, why don't you, what's wrong with it being an anti-racist? It's like, well, I prefer the way MLK went about it. That's that's uh-huh. the problem here. I prefer yeah. the way MLK thought about it. And I, th- what what is what we have now is this idea that we should discriminate against certain groups. Yes. To try to even some score done by their ancient relatives, like that's what mm-hmm. I call nuts. Yep. And wrong. And I, you know, I'm not going to teach my kids that. I'm not going to teach babies that. I think that's the wrong thing to teach them. And it's it's amazing to see ESPN try to figure out how to navigate this situation because one is saying you should be woke for women, the other person saying you should be woke for black women, and ESPN is, should be saying, hey, put the best host on the air. Who's the best host? Put them on the air. And they can't even do that. Can't do it anymore. It's incredible. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. Uh, you know, here's another example of liberals eating their own. Uh, Gwen Berry, who turned her back on the flag and the national anthem last week and took all the attention from the gold and silver medal winners and put, placed it on her mm-hmm. in the hammer throw competition to see who were going to be our U.S. Olympians in that competition. Um, you know, she's... She's getting some of her own medicine because uh, what the left loves to do is look at your tweets from last week, last month, last year, or last decade, and then beat you over the head with them. Well, somebody looked into the Uh-oh. past tweets of uh, Gwen Berry. Oh, no. And, uh, ooh, there's some nasty stuff in there. This sounds like it's about to take a sad turn, Pat. It, it really is about to. Stu, because uh, she has said some nasty things in the past, like uh, after watching a video of a little white kid acting up, she says, this little white boy being bad as hell, I would smack his ass, then stomp him. Hmm. Stomping a child. Uh, Shaking my head. White people, kids, hella disrespectful. Now, I happen to, uh, I've seen your car before, Pat, and you have a bumper sticker that says white people, kids, hella disrespectful. Hella disrespectful, I, I do. So yeah, yeah. you're on that train. Yeah, I am. But, you, you but have, I think it's okay for me because I'm a white person. You're a white person. So I can, can, you can say those things. I can go ahead and criticize white people. Yes. <laughs> you can say those words. Yes. It's not okay for Gwen Berry to say them. <laughs> exactly right. Even though they might be the same words, mm-hmm. it's, it's still, okay for you to call for stomping children. <laughs> That's if they're right. white if they're white not okay not, for her to her. do it not her that's that's that is not cool <laughs> it's not cool mm-hmm. at all then she says uh, another tweet just saw this girl wearing heels with white socks what the hell hashtag chinese people always trying to start <laughs> new trends <laughs> shaking my head girl is there a, a big use on twitter for hashtag chinese people i, I don't know I maybe there of. is and i will say by the way one interesting thing is the word girl g-i-r-l yeah not right. g-u-r-l just in or case people g-g-g-u-u-u-r-r-r-l-l-l that doesn't work 
Now, have you ever gone and searched hashtag Chinese people always trying to start new trends? I didn't know. <laughs> I have not. That was a big thing. But again, no. maybe it is. So we don't understand all parts of culture. Exactly. Then there's a, apparently you do know about this trend. I'm pretty sure Mexicans just don't care about people. <laughs> she wrote that this is all okay. In 2012. Just generalize an entire country yeah, that doesn't yeah, don't care. Worry about it. And you know what? Saying disparaging <laughs> things about Mexicans. I've never seen that burn anyone. <laughs> Right. Uh, never. It's been it's all right. universally approved and cheered on by the media. I've noticed. Oh man. I will say she also. They say that she made li- uh, light of rape during a tweet mm-hmm. when she said, "I'm about to rape my lunch." <laughs> <laughs> I will say that that just made me laugh. Uh, I, I know I'm not supposed to laugh at it, but uh, it did make me laugh. Yeah. But you shouldn't rape your lunch, yeah, folks. No, you shouldn't. No. Come on, or, think about or it. Joke do, about rape in any other way, things. shape, or form. Uh, by the way, she did also criticize women who she said, "Shout out to all the females that are gonna get drunk and get wrecked by four dudes, then cry rape this weekend." Whoa! So that's way over the Me Too line. Not allowed to say that. You can say it about lunch. Whoa. Can't say it about women. Right. This is the Glenn Beck program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn. Uh. I don't know. Just when you think things can't get any worse. (laughs) They sort of do. Uh, This campus reform video. uh, Campus reform went out to the Georgetown area with Georgetown students and American University students and asked them about how proud they are uh, about America. Because it was the 4th of July weekend. It was Independence Weekend. And... They just wanted to see where our kids are at. Nice little heartwarming video, right? right? You get some nice reactions, some patriotic people right. saying what they love about this country. Yeah. And and here's here's how it went. Hi, I'm Ophelia Jacobson with Campus Reform. Today we're in Washington, D.C. talking with young Americans to see if they're proud to be an American. Do they think that America is the greatest country in this world? Sure and if do. not, can they name a better country? Let's find out. Sure. Are you proud to be an American? No. I feel embarrassed Mm. to be an American Mm. every day. I think a lot of things about this country are really embarrassing. Just like, I mean, racist history, colonization, even currently, just what's going on with politics and the cops. cops. Not really in this climate. (laughs) No, like, I'm a black person. So obviously, I experience a lot of... Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, you look. You know, there's like oppression that comes with. She looks that. oppressed. Yeah, um, very oppressed. Mm-hmm. N- not most of the time. I think sometimes it's just a little embarrassing. We claim to like support everyone, but you know, we, we continue we to do, support yeah. Israel, which is you know, oh, Israel dislocating quite a few Palestinian people. Yeah, it's dislocating them? people. Yeah, you know, it's their sad. shoulders mostly. Mm-hmm. It dislocated no. a lot of shoulders. <laughs> be proud of what? And what is there to be proud about if you're black and being like you know? Yeah, it's just like it's a still mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that goes on for black people. Like yeah, I think that's a complicated question for me. I think like. I, I. I think most of the time, no, at least over like the past four years, um, it's oh. been tricky to, it's been tricky, you know, love to be an American. Half Halfsies on that? Like partly, cause like, I feel like there's certain topics like, where like, it's like very controversial, like, but like, but like, I don't know. I yeah. just think that our economy just cares it's about money and statement, not like our like, 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 humans, like, yeah, in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I am as proud as I was, but I would still say there's a little bit of country pride. Do you think that America is the greatest country in this world? I think, I mean, like, to be a white person, it's pretty good to live here, but, like, overall, <laughs> I don't think it's the greatest country in the world. Sure. No. 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 
I no. feel like the American no. dream is so sought after that it's not so even a thing after anymore. That it's not I don't a thing. I really think what? It, there is an American dream really anymore. I mean, like, I would honestly uh-huh. rather kind of live somewhere else. Yes. Uh, like where? I mean, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'd say that it's like the greatest in like the Olympics, the Olympics. I don't know. America's not really known for being like the most hospitable place, even though we have uh, a reputation, uh-huh. like where it's like you can come here and do what you want to be, do be what you want to be, hmm. and do what you want to do. Wait, but that's the it's opposite. It's not of really you... um, <laughs> right? the most welcoming to most people. Uh, Immediately, can you name a country yourself? that's more welcoming than the United States? Um, um, not really. I don't really know that. I don't surprise. have that much information. Can you name a better country than the United States, in your opinion? No. I'm not sure if I can. Hmm. Uh-oh, silence. I don't think I can. Oh, no. Um, I mean, there's probably Amazing. a really tiny European country that Yes. Yeah, Liechtenstein. Thriving. Monaco. Ooh. Good question. Europe? Mm-hmm. Europe's not a country. <laughs> well. You get what I'm saying. Have you, you ever considered moving you know to another country? Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure, I think I had sure. joked about it. I uh-huh. was, like, joked, but was, you know, fully serious. Like, oh, I'm going to move to you Canada. You joked, but yeah. you're fully I serious. Mean, I personally, I'm the type of person that likes to help people, so I was, I, I would actually consider going to someplace like more with more poverty. Yeah. <laughs> would you be willing to give up your U.S. citizenship? I want to live in a place with more poverty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, it's not that necessary. I mean, I can still take vacations here. Definitely, yeah, 100. <laughs> actually, yeah. God, would you buddy. say that a, a college has helped shape your perception uh, of being not proud to be an American? Yes. I would say yeah. Yeah, I, went to I would HBCU. too. So yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, absolutely. Sure. I also, good. I mean, I went good. to American, which is an extremely like liberal bubble school. So uh-huh. I know it's kind of like lots of liberals mm, kind just of like preaching to the lots. choir. But I think I learned a lot that yeah. I'm from Georgia, and I would have never learned if I had not taken those classes <laughs> just about the way the justice system works and uh-huh. zoning laws and everything else. So zoning I think college laws. opened my eyes. To zoning laws a big thing. It's a big. The, the, the zoning laws are so outrageous in this country. Mm. I'm glad she found out about the zoning laws because we try to keep that one secret yeah we do we, we try to kind of sweep that under the rug the zoning law well, situation that's why american uh, <laughs> university was created to keep teach kids about zoning, zoning laws. laws yeah yeah and that's why by I the think way it's in their charter it is as in a matter charter. of fact it yeah. is and that's also why you have to pay forty nine thousand eight hundred and eighty nine dollars per year to go there Oh, the oppression for the zoning law, for the zoning law. Yeah. Information you're going to get the impression of this country. We are terrible at oppressing people. (laughs) We really are. Like the one lady who's like, you know what? It's just terrible to be here was carrying a bag from Foxtrot Market, Mm -hmm. which is um, a a, a incredibly upscale market Mm -hmm. where you buy fine wines and cheeses. Mm. Uh, you know, again, like, like government cheese. No, because no, no, Im- really, all sorts of imported <laughs> cheeses from all around the world, from those poverty countries, uh, and uh, it, you know, high high end coffee bar. Uh, it's a very nice place to go. I mean, I as a fan of America, I'm well, glad there are places like it. That's in, how oppression is, country. though. She has to go there for her cheese. It doesn't just get delivered <laughs> yeah. to her door. It's true. Oh, it could be. Could be delivered to <laughs> could her door. It? Yeah. Could she like call Uber Eats or, or DoorDash yeah, or whatever? Yeah, she'd be fine and, to get it. Yeah. But uh, this is she had to walk in the beautiful sunshine on July Fourth to go get this one. <laughs> it really is amazing to see that because it's so common and it and it's just culturally popular. I just love the one the one who wants to live in a place with more poverty. <laughs> That's, you know, we just don't have enough poverty. 
uh, for her liking yeah. in this country. And she wants to go to a place with more poverty. I think that's great. Because mm-hmm. who wants to live in a place that's doing well? Nobody. Nobody. So hopefully she'll be able to find a place like that. Is that- I've, I've got a couple of recommendations. but mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, you wouldn't want to go to any of them. No. But I would. The country no. of Europe is nice this time of year. I will say that. <laughs> I will say that. Oh, that's not a country. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, no, I really don't. That's well, a continent. Me, what do you mean? I'll give you a, a country you can go live <laughs> live in. Uh, Andorra. They said tiny countries in Europe, right? Oh, okay. Right. Andorra, mm-hmm. very nice place to go. There's a controversy going on there, though. However. Is that named after uh, Bewitched <laughs> is. Mom? Yes. Is that what that is? is yes. Okay. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, the country of Andorra. <laughs> uh, lots of people from Spain are moving there. And what they're finding hmm. is, in fact, it's become one of the uh, a global uh, a global place for people who are like YouTube creators to go live because it's very very pretty, very statuesque, Adora. sort of beautiful country mm-hmm. uh, near and and does not have the tax rates of Spain. So all these people who are like YouTube creators in Spain are all moving to Andorra because they're paying 10% income tax there, and the people in Spain are like all the media in Spain is wrecking them for moving there. Because they're like, you're abandoning us. You're not paying our taxes. You're making all this money on YouTube and you're paying the tax rate in Andorra. That's not right. And of course, Andorra also made it easier to get through the pandemic, not constant lockdowns and things like that. So people went there Mm -hmm. and are enjoying their lives there. And it's like almost like there's this incredible idea where you'd have a global competition among countries to make people have the most uh, free life possible and people would choose in that market where to go as you see hmm. if you've watched the border anytime recently you've seen a lot of people choosing the united states of america mm-hmm. but what are we doing now pat on the july 4th weekend what are we actually doing we are going around to country after country and harassing them to keep their tax rates high so that people don't leave us and go to them that's the Biden administration. They've created a global right. or, or uh, agreement. 130 countries are participating in this. All saying, hey, don't, rate, don't lower your, your corporate tax rate too much. Because if you do that, then people are going to leave us and they're going to go to you. And we don't want that to happen. So keep your rates high. Now, of course, most mm. of the countries involved in the uh, agreement already have tax rates above this level, which I think is 15%, including us. Mm-hmm. We've obviously had rates much higher than that until recently. They're trying to reverse those right now. But places like Ireland are like, wait a minute. You want us to raise our corporate income tax so we can be in a global agreement that our citizens don't agree with, that our government doesn't agree with, so we can please the United States so they don't lose corporations to go to Ireland, which, by the way, we should just be out competing and winning. We're the United States of America. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Make We like basically brought the free market to market. Yep. We should be able to outcompete Ireland for a business. Yep. Instead, we can't. Our argument now is to go to the world and tell them to keep their tax rates high. It's outrageous. Unbelievable. It's outrageous. Uh we do have some good news though. Uh you know, we just came off a a an Independence Day weekend and so there is some hope. There are people who do appreciate this nation. And maybe it's not the college students that go to Georgetown and American University and they're taught to hate this country. But how about uh, Ozzie Guillen, former professional baseball player from Venezuela? 
on MLB Network or no, he was on an interview with NBC Sports Chicago. Ozzie Guillen, and he's asked about becoming a U.S. citizen. Check this out. Uh, you became an American citizen. You were born in Venezuela and what yes. this country means to you. And it was, uh, got the date right here, January of 2006. That's when you became an American citizen. How about this day? What did that mean to you that day? It's special. People, they don't know how hard that is. How many people die? How many people open the thing? How many people want to be American? It's a very honor for me to do that. Hey, you're really emotional right now. Why are you so emotional and tearing up out in that? Uh, Maybe cut back to the studio, guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> opportunities, man. Opportunities. Opportunity opening the That's door great. for me and being great. I've been living in this country for a long time. Mm-hmm. Give my family a great cause and open the door for them to be who they are. You didn't know that video was mm-hmm. coming. Maybe that caught you for my advice. Maybe that was. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, but I, I, know, I know quite often I'm a very tough guy, but uh, seeing that. But he cries about becoming a U.S. Be citizen. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, awesome. There, there's an, you know, that's an immigrant we want in this country. Somebody who appreciates it. Somebody who understands what America means to them. Somebody who chokes up just speaking about becoming a citizen. It's, it's That is great stuff. And when you're fleeing a place like Venezuela, it, it does cre- create a lot of emotion. Yeah. I mean, think of the life that he would have had had he remained there. And it's a totally different existence for him and his family. And this is this story is repeated all over the world. People come here and, you know, there's nobody better, man. I mean, like nobody appreciates this country more than someone coming here from Nigeria yeah. and, and trying to escape uh, the, 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 the the situation there to come to come see it here. Or How, people who've come from a former Soviet satellite oh, yeah. country. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, or you've come here from Cuba. These are the people that understand uh, what America offers. It's so great. And unfortunately, our kids at Georgetown taking everything for granted. 888-727-BECK. This is Pat and Stu for Glenn. Uh, did you save your 16 cents on your uh, 4th of July meal? Over the weekend? Well, I live in a red state, so it was only 14 cents oh, saved. Man, yeah, we got screwed. Sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sucks. An amazing Wait, thing. Wait, I live in a red Same one as you. <laughs> so I, I must have only saved 14 cents, too. I think it was the Babylon Bee that said they're minting new Joe Biden 16-cent coins <laughs> to honor <laughs> the 16 cents we all saved on July 4th. Which pretty That's solid. funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, yeah, they're always pretty solid. Uh, so... The other thing about the 16 cents is that uh, supermarkets are stockpiling inventory because food costs have gone up so much. Uh, They're stocking up on everything from sugar to frozen meat before they get even more pricey. Girding for what some executives anticipate will be some of the highest price increases in recent memory. Your 16 cent savings is going to go away, even if, I mean... As if you had 16 cent savings. Some supermarkets say they're buying and storing supplies to keep their shelves full amid stronger demand. Grocery sales in the U.S. for the week ending June 19th rose about 15% from two years earlier. 15%. Uh, Stockpiling by food retailers is driving shortage of some staples. And that's driving up prices too. But uh, when you go to the supermarket... 
I, I, I don't know where the Biden administration shopped to get that 16 cent savings. <laughs> because uh, if you're buying meat, and meat was included, they, they included some ground beef, but wow, where I shop, it's up a lot. Meat price, of course, you don't buy meat, so. No, but the, the household does, for sure. And I mean, you can just tell all the prices are up. I mean, it's obvious. Gas prices are really noticeable. I mean, you notice that every single time you go to the I pump. filled up this morning. Uh, seventy-one dollars to fill my tank. Seventy-one dollars. <laughs> oh God, that's just crazy. Seventy-one dollars. Yeah. yeah, but I saved sixteen cents last week when I bought, uh, you know, watermelon and. Uh, did you though? And no, probably not. No, I probably didn't not. seem like I saved sixteen cents. It didn't. This isn't working out so well so far. It's, it's really it not. Would be my summary of it. Uh, the whole Biden administration not thing? working out so well really? so far. It's yeah. kind of a radical statement. I mean, we had a couple hundred good years. Maybe this, you know, yeah, maybe we shouldn't get greedy. We shouldn't get greedy, right? This is too much. What do we expect? 245 more? I mean, come on. Come Let's on. just call happen. it a day. Can't have it. Look back at our past and be happy. <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck Program.